0: Welcome back to all of the listeners and it is another episode of Med Shield Movement Connect show and you can hear already we're not at our usual venue because we're at the house of the great Tendai Beast Mtsawarira and um, I'm actually sitting with what looks like a very oversized dog so clearly he trains with this dog because it's thick. We're going to be breaking down everything that makes him who he is, all the stuff that he's doing as he's transitioned from rugby and hopefully... We'll get this little guy to sit on my lap because I haven't done like legs and calves, so I need to get my razors in. Stay tuned. Get ready to know what you don't know about being body brilliant. This is the MedShield Movement Connect show, where we connect the dots between fitness, health, wellness, nutrition, and of course you. Hosted by me, Dr. Fezm Keezer, and a special guest that we have every month, sharing knowledge, insights and groundbreaking tips on how to get fitter, be stronger and live healthier. Turn up the volume and listen close. Today you amplify. It's the MedShield Movement Connect show. Let's go! The beast. The man himself. Sir, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy that you're on the show. How are you feeling today?
1: No, I'm feeling great. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to a Good chat.
0: I mean, we're going to delve into who you are and kind of the things you've done, um, not just within the sport of rugby, but outside of that. But I always like to ask athletes, was it that you were built for the sport? Or was it that you actually really fell in love with it and you wanted to pursue it? Because sometimes people are structurally kind of just set up for certain sports. Really tall guys can play basketball. Really quick guys might be able to play soccer and football. So in your case, what was it? The love?
1: No, it was definitely the both,
0: man. <laughs> 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 at a young
1: age, you know, um, yeah, I pretty much discovered that I was very strong and I was much bigger than the rest of my peers at school. And uh, uh, yeah, I was quite aggressive as well by nature. Yeah, yeah. So I needed an, an outlet, you know, to kind of, you know, expand with the energy. Mm-hmm. And rugby was that for me.
0: I love how you, like, you're, you're quite aggressive, but you are almost known. I mean, we have the moniker, the beast, but you're a very calm individual when we're around you. Unless, I mean, if we're on a field, would you be a lot more intense?
1: Yep. You know, it's all about, it's like the Superman <laughs> effect, man. You know, when you take off, you know, take off that uh, that suit and then... Yeah. Now you put on your Superman suit, then you're ready for war. You know, that was it for me. You know, when I'm off the field, I'm a gentle giant by nature. You know, I love my family time. And I love, you know, uh, spending time with people engaging, taking pictures, signing autographs. But when I get on the field, you know, it's like a light switch, man. It's, it's beast mode time.
0: I, I actually know this because we were, <clears throat> before we started rolling, uh, trying some basketball out. Um, I did win. Um, but you are a bit competitive. There was, there was a bit of intensity there. And I love the fact that you do admit that you are a competitive person. But competitiveness isn't going to be the only thing you need to be the most capped prop. What was it in your career that allowed you to have that longevity? Um, especially in a time where now we talk about longevity as a commonplace thing. You do certain mobility work and stretching. But not so long ago, that wasn't something that was at the fore of people's minds. And you were right at the front clanging and banging. So what did you used to do to continue on being at the top of your game?
1: I think for me it was the Kaizen mentality, I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with it, you know, uh, continuously improving every se- single season. Uh, because the fact of the matter is that, you know, when you play rugby in South Africa, you know, there's always competition. There's just somebody that's trying to take your spot. So I quickly realized that in my, you know, my younger years. And uh, yeah, I started working towards you know improving every single season. You know to always stay ahead of the competition, stay ahead of the opposition. And it was quite tough because I had to make more sacrifices than you know people around me. And that's what kind of kept me at the top. You know, just staying disciplined, staying hungry, and always writing down my goals. You know, knowing exactly what I want to achieve every specific year. So yeah, that kept me going, kept me motivated. Before I knew it, you know, I played. A uh, 100 test matches for, for South Africa, which is pretty remarkable. Yeah.
0: And then not only is that remarkable, you're also a champion. Um, that 100 isn't without its successes, but the crowning kind of success is there. How was that feeling, knowing that you've not only put on a resume that's going to make you a Hall of Famer, the greatest to ever do it, arguably, but to then crown that off with bringing the cup home? What was that feeling like?
1: It was unbelievable, man. I dreamt about that moment for so long. <laughs> so, for it to happen the way it did, it was, you know, unbelievable. I can't even put it into words, man. I remember standing on that podium, you know, gazing at that gold medal and just kind of, you know, reflecting on the journey it took to get there, man. It was just, uh, yeah, humbling, man, because I, I went through some really tough times. The times when I thought I should stop playing rugby, I should retire, you know, and head off and do something else. But I kept on, you know, being faithful, So it was a reward of all the hard work, you know, the blood, the sweat, the tears, everything, you know, engraved in gold, man. So it was an unbelievable.
0: And I I love that you say all of that because that is kind of that winning mindset that was there. And to be honest with you, if we were talking about just your rugby career, we could sit here for hours on end. But there is that pivot that you've made and you decided, okay, I've done all of this. I've achieved so much Um, from a bronze, 2015 gold now, capped it perfect career, I'm going to pivot and transition into life after this game in terms of playing for the Springboks. What was your mindset and how has life changed in terms of the structure when you wake up, um, the workout routine?
1: Yeah, and I think it's something I prepared for for so long because uh, I knew that I wasn't going to play rugby forever. You know? When did
0: you make that? It's like, <laughs> I just like like sometimes just like when did you know? Because I feel like you people tell you something, but they already knew probably way in advance that there was going to. So before you went into the World Cup, were you like already okay? Yeah, okay. I was
1: already, I knew. So so I got involved in a security business about 10 years ago, uh, Fidelity uh, Services Group. It's yep. the biggest uh, security provider in South Africa. So I invested in the company a few years ago. Uh, thankfully, uh, uh, ex-rugby uh, player, uh, Val Bartman, the founder and CEO of this company, kind of took me under his wing going and became my mentor and then he taught me the right things, you know, from the onset that I had to prepare for the next chapter of all because rugby is not going to last forever. So, uh, you know, I invested myself in that business, spent time when I wasn't on the field in the business. So when uh, last year came, when the World Cup came, I knew exactly this was my last chapter. So, yeah, I wanted to make it my finest chapter, you know, and then I was just sign off from the highest of highs yeah.
0: And I, I love that it is kind of capped with that. But now... The man after kind of that career who's still somebody who is very competitive, very focused, clearly has a lot more life to live. What does your day look like? Because you are running that company. You have your foundation that does such incredible work to try uplift kids and kind of get things from the grassroots to be able to keep feeding into the the rugby and just youths in general. What does your day look like? How is it structured?
1: Yeah, so uh, right now I'm uh, running a security uh, uh, company that's under Fidelity. It's a subsidiary. It's called Umlindi uh, Security mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, I've been uh, tasked with the role of CEO, you know, of uh, hey. actually... Hey! <laughs> and, uh, CEO, man, of, uh, you know, growing this business. Yeah, you know, titles are... Yeah, you know, they're just <laughs> titles, know I, man. It's a so. title of World <laughs> Cup
0: champion. I mean, it's
1: Oh, <laughs> you know, man, I still got to do the work, got to follow after that. You know, so the thing is, for me, you know, right now is trying to, you know, grow this business. So I'm constantly meeting with people outside the office. Mm-hmm. I've got, you know, uh, potential clients that I'm, you know, having coffee or, with. And I'm usually uh, using my network, you know, as the basis for that. Trying to, you know, work with corporates that i worked with in the past, you know, like Unilever, mm-hmm. uh, like F&B, you know, MTN. So I'm always constantly meeting with some of those uh uh, you know, um, good partners partners that I created over uh, you know my rugby career. And uh, after that, you know, I was probably focusing on the foundation work. So I started this foundation uh, a few months back, and it was a long the life beast. dream of mine yeah, the Bees yeah. foundation, and it's basically, you know, to empower the next generation, you know, uh, through the pla- platforms of sport, education, and life skills development. Yeah, so it's a big vision that, that I got there, that I want to actually, uh, not just make a South African or Zimbabwean thing, I yeah. wanted to be a Pan-African, yeah. Kind of approach where I reach out across the, the whole continent, youth across the continent, and uh, just uh, provide opportunities for you know for our youth to succeed and become future African leaders. You know, so that's my vision through my foundation. So yeah, it's quite busy. And then after that, after hours, man, I'm working on my uh, MBA oh, because okay. I'm okay. studying towards uh, my MBA with Hindi Business School. So life is pretty busy for me, man.
0: So. I feel like that day, just from what you've described, feels like it's quite full. But you don't look like you've missed a step in terms of uh, just the physique. Where, where do you fit working out? I mean, the mental wellness, the physical wellness. Where does that take place in such a busy schedule?
1: Now, for me, it's uh, it's crucial to have that part of you know of my you know my my, my life uh, in check because when I am uh, you know physically in good shape, you know, I find that I produce mentally, you know. I just kind of yeah work much better, so I always make time, usually in the evenings <laughs> before I study, I uh, <laughs> yeah. head out to the gym, you know, for a nice uh, you know weightlifting uh, session, and then uh, yeah, and then during the week I try to play a, a game of a basketball, <laughs> uh, pick up pick up game with uh, some boys, <laughs> you know, to get the cardio going. Idea. So yeah, that's kind, that kind of has kept me in shape, and it's something I'm gonna do on a on a continuous basis just to yeah to stay in good shape. Yeah.
0: I feel like you, you're almost building the blueprint um, for so many athletes who are still playing and showing them that there is kind of that life after all of it. Um, for me, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, the one memory that you have in your entire professional career, what's that one thing that stands in the front of your mind and, and you are like, okay, whatever happens, that's going to be my one crowning moment in my head.
1: Jeez. Um... I think if I had to look down my whole career journey there were some pivotal moments uh, I guess probably one thing that sticks out that really uh, kind of helped me to step up to the next stage you know elevate me to the next level was uh, my conditioning coach <laughs> a guy called Mark Steele mm-hmm. uh, uh, back in 20, 2010. Uh, he set me down at the time you when know, I was at the height of success. I had just became a and I achieved a hell of a lot, you know, and I was quite young—20, 20, 23, 24 years old, you know—just kind of living life and enjoying it. And I kind of let the, you know, the success, you know, kind of get to me, and I started cutting corners and, uh, you know, doing things that I wouldn't usually do. So he kind of set me down and, uh, man, he, he, you know, he told me straight up that, dude, if you carry on on this path. You're probably going to become a springbok for you know for the next two years, mm. and after that you you know you'll be discarded out of the team, and nobody's going to remember your name. So uh, if you if you want to become a springbok, uh, you know, a great springbok you're gonna to have to, you know, work on yourself, you know, better better yourself, you know, physically and, and at the time I picked up I think fifteen KGs. So I was carrying uh, some extra weight on the field. So I mean I needed somebody to check me, you know, to yeah. kinda of, you know, check me and then it you yeah, know and then it set me set me up straight and then I looked I never looked back since that moment. You know, I took those words uh on my uh on my journey, you know, to heart and uh, I promise you that moment was like a uh, a turning point for me. And then from there, I never look back, man. So if I had to look yeah, at everything, at the whole journey, I'd be grateful for that one moment, for that one specific moment there. Yeah.
0: And, and I, I mean, just listening to you, I can already tell that you're a man who's measured, who's thoughtful, and I can, I can kind of connect those dots because that's what we do here at MedShield Movement Connect. We connect the dots for people at home who might not have had the background um, of being able to kind of go and train as a professional athlete, but just how you can succeed in life. But... This is a part that I always have to have in the show. He has a, a very pronounced beard, kind of similar to an NBA player who's regarded as as a great, but I always ask this. Um, you you're from Zimza, you know a bit of Shauna? What's what's GOAT? Greatest of all time in Shona?
1: Bozy. Boozy. Boozy. Okay. Moodzie.
0: Three. Across all disciplines, across all sports, your three greatest of all time athletes. Huh. First one.
1: I'm going to show you with this. First one would be LeBron James.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. It, it must be the humidity here because, um, okay, questionable. We'll put an asterisk on that. We'll get back to that. Second one.
1: Second one would be Usain Bolt. I agree with you fully there. Third one. Third one would be Tiger
0: Woods. Okay, fair enough. One <laughs> issue I have there. One LeBron James, I know you play basketball, I mean have you never heard of a guy called Michael
1: Jordan? <laughs> <laughs> I know I know exactly who Michael Jordan is, uh-huh. I know of his reputation, I know so how good he So you don't want to was. change your
0: mind? No, okay. never.
1: Because one thing that separates LeBron from every other basketball player that has played before him is his longevity, look at him, year 17, winning another championship. Nobody's ever done that before. And when you also look on, on uh, how he is quite um, you know, um, um, outspoken about social issues, you know, he's always out there kind of putting himself in the firing in, in the firing line because he wants to, you know, um, help the community, you know, progress and uh, yeah, he's all about the people at the end of the day, you know, it's bigger than just basketball and you look at a, I promise school, you know, the school he started now, you know, all those things that just kind of separate him from the rest, you know, because I just think he's more of an icon than just a basketball player. That's why I love him so much.
0: Fair enough. I feel like we even have um, our our wonderful dog here agreeing with you. Um, But it's fine. I I will take LeBron James because he is actually not too bad in terms of an athlete. Michael Jordan is still my number one, um, and I'll take him all day every day. Uh, Tiger Woods being number two, and you've seen involved. So we kind of agree. Um, LeBron's okay. Top, top two greatest of all time. Tonight, thank you so much for sitting with us today. Um, you are honestly one of the most socially conscious athletes that we've ever had. You still give back even during this time. It seems like you're just going from strength to strength. We will discuss this LeBron thing. We will connect the dots for him because clearly he's he's not seeing the greatness of Michael Jordan, but Everyone at home, thank you so much for listening. It's It's been another MedShield Movement Connect show with the one, the only, The Beast. And of course me, Dr. Fez, I'll catch you next time. And anybody who bumps into Beast, just ask him who the greatest is after this. He'll, he'll be corrected. It's okay. <laughs>